0: hello everybody
1: today is going to be another very interesting podcast like every week of course (laughs) Uh, we are going to be doing our little talk we're going to go through a variety of topics like every week Um, we're usually focused on microsoft flight simulator things but we also follow sometimes a bit of technology like the graphics cards recently and uh different other topics and of course we do a group flight together I'm watching file right now taxiing on his way to the runway
0: (laughs) (laughs) don't watch don't anybody look so So if you want to follow
1: feel free we're having a bit of fun so that's the plan yes that is the plan today
0: I'm almost down there
1: actually let's get this view today we're gonna be flying from uh, from Africa we're gonna be in Namibia it's a quite an interesting area is that Far Isle found for us. Do you, do you want to explain yeah. where we are and what we're going to look at today,
0: Far Isle? Yeah, we're going to be looking at uh, portions of the Namib Desert. And we'll be uh, looking at the tallest mountain, the Brandberg Massif, in uh, sort of northern... Uh, Namibia, and we'll be looking at the Skeleton Coast, and we'll explain how it got its name. And we'll be continuing down the coast a little bit to a beautiful little little city called um, Sweikupmond. Uh, it has a rich historic past and um, some really cool architecture, and some films were filmed in the general area. So it's got a lot of interesting things. It's very beautiful. It's incredible scenery here in, in the Flight Simulator, and I think everybody's going to enjoy it.
1: Yeah, and we're going to go see the, the Brandberg.
0: Oh, for sure. Can't
1: wait. Brandberg is this, um, well, I don't know how you could really call it, but it's a, it's a mix of a lot of mountains together in the type formation um, cool. close to the to the Atlantic. It cool. is a very special one because they're just all packed together and you have a beautiful scenery all around. So we're going to go there. Um, it is to our right, which is why I'm pointing down there. Those the mountains you see down there are not the Brandberg; they're another uh, formation that we're gonna fly above. Hey, Anyways, look at yourself. Does anyway, anybody here yeah. know how to step climb in the uh, in the Boeing aircraft? Oh, that's gonna. I'm not
0: an airliner pilot. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I wouldn't have a great uh, bit of info. But maybe Cookie. Can
1: you take it? I haven't really played a lot with the 747 due to the few bugs that have been... No, around. I'm talking about the PMDG. Oh, well, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of vague just saying Boeing, but... uh, <clears throat> Sorry, bud.
0: <laughs> Maybe once it comes out for Flight Simulator, we'll be... Yeah,
1: that would That's be interesting.
0: Testing it out.
1: Yeah. Well, we know PMDG, you know, from, from last podcast, PMDG is... Uh is going to take a bit of time to get them out because they uh they want to make sure the sdk is proper uh and they have all the tools before they really commit to it and meanwhile they'll just provide updates for the the current platforms knowing they also um, ended the fsx lineup I, i don't know it was a few months ago so time flies anyway so i don't know exactly how long but uh, yes yeah, so another mainly focused on on P3D right now and once the SDK comes out once they're able to to get all the tools and have everything they need to get started which is not easy cuz an SDK takes a long time to develop then they'll be on it and that's yeah, going to be
0: i think 6 to 12 months they said it could be in that somewhere in that time frame they want to let the sim okay. have yeah. a few updates and kind of catch up and so they can take advantage of our, of the dynamics as well. So there's a few little things that they're working on.
1: Exactly. So we're going to go for a takeoff. Then we're going to okay. fly to our right side. We're going to go see those beautiful mountains down there. We are. Okay. Wrap this throttle up. We're going.
0: Go I'm ready.
1: Yep. And then um, While we do a beautiful little takeoff here, we're gonna go over some of the topics that we're gonna go through today. And well, first of all, the update came out and uh, came out 15 minutes ago, actually. Um, We had the time to go through it. So we're gonna be talking about the feedback snapshot, which uh, has changed format, we could say. Um, Now they're focusing a lot more on the direct issues and they're going step by step literally issue per issue, vote per vote on what is regarded as uh, a biggest issue. And based on that, they focus on what is required to fix first and what is not. On top of that, we have Japan finally are going to get the yeah. first world update. And that looks very exciting.
0: It does. It does. Really impressed. Yeah, Really impressed. So we're going to go then, over know, that. It's, it's kind of, I think, it, yeah, it's great that they've done Such a large area. Area. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking maybe it'd be a small little incremental, random kind of. We'll get into that as well a little bit later.
1: Yeah, and then um, also we can talk about it while we're here. There's also the Q&A with the developers that's happening on the 30th of September. So that is on next Wednesday, so in uh, six days from now. That's going to be live on Twitch with Jane. And I believe there is a section on the forum where you can uh, post your questions and Jane will go through them and choose some. So if you're interested uh, or have questions for the developers, go down there and uh, your question might be in. Who knows? Who knows? Could be. That would be exciting, wouldn't it? Would be.
0: Yeah, of course it would be. Oh, we got somebody flying with a Stone 79. Wow. Welcome to Namibia. I was inspired by... Obviously by the candorist, Uh, he has some absolutely amazing uh, real world videos of uh, his flights to animal, you know, sanctuaries and things like that throughout um, Namibia and South Africa. And uh, gave me partially the idea. I can understand why. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. So I was really, uh, the colors here are just incredible.
1: Yep it's this beautiful mix between warm and colder colors. You have a lot of red and orange, but you also have uh, in certain areas, uh, the rest of uh, of dry rivers we're going to go over and there's some beautiful blues as well in there and greens. This is literally like a painter's uh...
0: dream. Yeah, pretty <laughs> okay. much.
1: Yep. So let's continue say... with our topics. Sure. Sorry, I'm cutting you go a ahead. bit. Uh, we also have... Um, A few interesting details, well, more conversational um, and informational details on the Xbox, Microsoft's uh, original plans with the release, and why was it really released uh, on August 18th. A few questions that popped out since, because we've seen a few patches, we've seen the bugs that have come out. We kind of have a, a broader overview of the situation now that we're on the other side. Uh, the product has been released so there's a few of those interesting details that we have yet to talk about Uh, and of course a few things like uh, add-ons will be we'll be talking about this because there's a few developments that have been going on sure
0: yeah the xbox uh the release i've seen a lot of people you know discussing it you've seen it on reddit you've seen it in the forums and you know there's a lot of people talking about you know why they thought it came out or was it you shouldn't have waited. And and it was just a, a way to sit there and think, I wonder what the motivation was if there was no, because we had discussed it, that it didn't seem like there was any competitive um, need as far as pressure from a competing title that was coming out that maybe would have pushed the release. And there wasn't a, a huge clamor. I don't think a lot of people thought that it would come out in August. So it was kind of just... Speculating on maybe what those reasons possibly could be. And I kind of thought the Xbox situation might have something in some small portion to do with it, especially if it was a desire to ultimately try to get the Xbox version of the simulator out somehow by Christmas. Although all we've heard the whole time is that it will be released in 2021. But if there was a big push to try to meet this kind of deadline, then. Perhaps some of the resources, you know, it had to come out because the GA aircraft, as we can see, you know, they're pretty good. And you can have a lot of fun in them. And there's a lot of portions of that type of simming that are working right now, especially working enough that you can enjoy it, do the activities, the landing challenges, the bush trips, things like that. It's a little bit more difficult, obviously, when you get into the IR, the IFR aspect, the airliner aspect. So... I wonder if it wasn't a a matter of thinking, well, you know what? We've got this portion of it quite well. The beta was rather short, but we've got time compression here that we need to try to also accommodate. And I I just wonder if that deadline. Yeah, of course you understand. They're trying to tap into that gigantic uh, player base, and if they can make it for the Christmas season, I mean, you're taking advantage of. Of the best time to rack up some good initial sales. So, well,
1: yeah, the I console's can... coming out, the GPUs are exactly. coming out, the CPUs are right. coming out, and then Christmas season, especially with the COVID, there's been a drop yeah. in, in any kind of uh, spending apart from the food and, of course, a strong uh, spending in the gaming industry. So, what better than to try and take advantage of that right. while people are still at home? Because they're saving their money, they're not going to spend it at the shopping malls, they're not going to spend it uh, outside, they're just buying their necessities. Therefore, that disposable income is still in their pockets, and uh, well, what better than entertainment at home? For sure. All right, I'll try to get yourself back on uh, on the flight plan, I'm seeing you're deviating a bit to, to the right side. Oh, yeah, I was,
0: I was taking a look around the outside of the... All
1: right, by of the time the you're pointing to way point four, it's yeah. fine. Well, yeah, the <laughs> waypoints are inverted in this thing because we originally planned the right. the flights to start from the coast and then get in towards um, the the plateaus and Brandberg, of course. The only thing is, um, this is a big flight, and we also wanted to uh, to show certain features uh, from the beginning. So we go yeah. in reverse order this time.
0: Yeah i was remembering some of our strategy <laughs> about the way we were going around them so I'm
1: yeah like, you, know, look, you know me oh, and at same time we're, we're looking the beauty at of the world exactly we're looking at this this thing like this is huge especially not a lot of people can really well now with covid you can't travel at all right so um, right hey there's the first mod down there Who who's joining us right hello it's so, certainly
0: a place that a lot of people probably have never been to Oh, man. and it's obviously it's absolutely beautiful and it certainly makes me want to push for a a someday trip to come, become a reality
1: I would I would totally agree with you on that oh yeah like this is a place where you can't necessarily go as soon as you want it's not like a, no. a shopping trip uh, no. and the, the just the, the colors then and I'm guessing more of the history of of the continent, right? Because there must be a lot of minerals in there creating those colors. And we can see the rest of rivers, and there's mining.
0: Caribib is famous for its marble quarries, aragonite, I believe it is. And there is some gold mining that is being done. And we may see if, depending on what our course is, there is a a marble quarry between uh, Brandberg and this location, and uh, a little test flight did show that. So um, we might just pass over it. We'll be able to point it out if we see it on our, on our oh, flight we'll path. We'll have
1: to look at that. Yeah, we'll have yeah. to keep an eye out for it.
0: See a little bit of roads. You'll see a series of white, a white area, you know, carved out of the surrounding uh, rock, and you'll see some a few buildings and things that indicate that it's a quarry. So it's it's up ahead just a little bit. But uh, getting back to the, the history and the, the amazing nature of the continent, we're flying over the Namib Desert, which is believed by uh, many to be the oldest desert on planet Earth between 55 million and 80 million years. Wow. So it's, we're seeing things that are... It is literally like... I had kept saying, oh, it looks like it's another planet, but... It, a more accurate description might be it looks like another time. It just yeah. looks like you've gone back in,
1: in time. You know,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and, and we're able to see that in a flight simulator. If you would have shown me a yeah. picture of this or even told me about it a year ago, I wouldn't have yeah. believed you at all. No. And no, this right. ties in well about this. Yeah. Because has Sobo maybe released the PC version a little too early, the, thinking that if the GA works fine, then as a consumer, it will be enough. And yeah. that the, the rest of the things, like the the bugs, um, there's a lot of ones with the, with the airliner, especially now the autopilot still, uh, and of course that A320 uh, engine yeah. bug. But at the beginning when it released on on the 18th the the 747 was not really playable the the dreamliner was fine it was i don't have it but from what i understood from other people it, it was fine but it was not of course it's not complete um and then i flew a lot of the a320 it's i found it pretty stable so it felt like they they had the general aviation done And the first teams that did all the, the plane work for the general aviation and all that stuff has done some of the work. And now they were starting to move on to probably helicopters back then. And that's probably the point where the, the management team said, okay, we have, we have something done and not everything is done. And this is a massive product, right? We just say, oh, the simulator is not ready, but really there's so many subcategories and categories to, to put under that name. And of course well you have the features you have the planes and you have the sceneries which really are the three main categories and then those there's a few that are done but the work is so massive that even with four years of work on it you can't really get a full grasp of how much is left to do and how much could you do quickly so I mean, when, when people even asked me, I did. Um, you asked me as well uh, about the the early release on the PC version, uh, but also had a, a few other people who asked me this, and that's what it made me think of. It's it's fragmented. Some parts are complete, some parts are not,
0: and as a I, result,
1: I, there's that debate.
0: Yeah, I kind of think that. Um, well, COVID, obviously, we don't know what just how big of a role that actually played in probably I think they probably thought they would have had more time to work on it before any decision about are we gonna try to get the Xbox version out for Christmas? Are we gonna let it roll past the holiday season and see how it goes? Um I think COVID probably sucked up a good three, four, five months of perhaps slower progress. Not I mean we know they were still working, but I think everybody the first month or two it was a it was a little bit of a a learning curve on trying to figure out you know how are we going to go forward are we going to be able to go forward all of us in our lives with our jobs and everything our schooling and you know how is this going to proceed so i wouldn't think that it would be any different with the sobo so let's let's say it did slow them down a little bit
1: it did a lot of people at least for yeah. 2 weeks when they oh, were out sure. of the office and then they had to reformat everything their computer setups their uh, their schedules and just the way they work right
0: Yeah, I think that if they had that time back, let's say, because a lot of people were saying, "Oh, I didn't expect it till October or late September. I didn't expect it until that was a prediction as well." Yeah, right. I was I kept saying I thought it was Black Friday because it's a really huge, huge shopping day in uh, the United States, and I thought perhaps they would try to aim for that time period, Um, and that would be about ninety days from. From the August release, but I have a feeling that because of COVID, that push, basically, they had to, I think they kind of had to release it. Now, they could have said, you know, this is more of a beta version, but you don't really want to come out. You can see the the negatives in saying that. You can see the positives in saying in saying it. So there's, you know, there's this, it's correct on both sides. But I think, if, like I said, if they had the time back a little bit. It might have been a little bit more stable. I do think that because of the way that the world looks, and it is highly focused on the beauty of the world and being able to fly VFR for the first time ever, that I think this time, unlike other Sims, because let's face it, you couldn't fly VFR in the past. Mm-hmm. They obviously focused on the airlines as much as they could in those, and they were a little bit more you know, popular because you couldn't fly VFR. So in this one it's a bit of a, re- a reverse and so we have a lot of people on you know that love the airlines and and they're into all the programming and the systems and it's a little frustrating for them now because you know it's a bit reverse. The GA this time is actually better <laughs> than the IFR, which is unusual. So and for me of course I haven't noticed as many of the problems because I'm not really flying those aircraft it's not really my style of flying but i would like to once it gets a little bit less buggy because i need to i need to learn and i'd like to learn when it's uh, you know the fidelity is is up there so that um i know that i'm flying correctly
1: yeah i think there's some wind at this altitude so just be aware of that it's uh it's pushing us a little too north sometimes so the fact that it is more focused on general aviation this time it kind of causes a shock for people because all the uh the flight simulation has always been focused on ifr has always been focused mostly on airliners there's some products which have been made for uh for general aviation kind of like the x-cub style but that was not Prevalent. It was mostly the big general thing, general aviation, uh, like the the bigger, uh, like the Cessna. uh, And then, of course, you had the rest, which was the the airliners. And the main issue there was because you didn't have so much of the technology to render what we can have now, as well as just, I don't know, all the data that you need to create this simulation. We've been stuck in the past with that old model of of just the big planes and all that stuff and just flying IFR. And nobody has really experienced GA the same way. And as no. you know, experiencing change can sometimes be not a, a best experience for some people. Some people don't like change. I'm getting thrown around no. here a bit. Yeah. Like you can feel it. Like I'm I'm barely touching well, I mean I'm adjusting, but I'm jumping around. I,
0: I climbed a little bit higher to see if I could get uh, above some of it. I'm, I'm quite, a bit about, quite a bit above you at the moment.
1: Yeah, I'm but, actually um, trying to descend a bit. Um, I was at ten thousand, and yeah, that was at uh, ninety-one 9, hundred. And is it stable?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not too bad. I keep getting a little bit of an updraft, weirdly enough.
1: Yeah, I was so, trying to escape um, that, but I guess I'll, yeah, I'll just my, climb back to, to ten thousand because right now it's horrible. i has been
0: pitching down. Yeah, it's very jumpy. It's, like pushing me up,
1: yeah. So but the view
0: is spectacular from up here, so I can't yeah, complain about that.
1: Exactly. Uh, I, I can, pro- and I can Yeah, I think like below. you said
0: about the um about the IFR, it, it was always catered to that crowd because, quite frankly, you couldn't cater to the other crowd. Was yeah, no it point. wasn't possible. You had, had to do a lot of pretending and a lot of role playing if you were into that. As everybody knows, I flew with the keyboard all the time. It was miserable. I didn't really, I never had a yoke or anything. So for me, the slower the aircraft, obviously, the easier it would be for me to control in some fashion. Now, again, in this sim, I really haven't done any of the the airliner or the business jets because I know a, it's going to take a little bit to get used to controlling something going that fast. That's right. But also, there's some issues. So. I figured, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang on. But there's a lot of consternation because those people are used to, those flyers are used to things, you know, being more catered in their direction. So I think maybe it came as a little bit of a shock.
1: It and was a, shock. a lot of
0: them. A lot of them don't remember as well. If you go all the way back to the first X plane, you go all the way back to some of the early iterations of Flight Simulator, um, some oh, I- other titles, you know, like Flight Unlimited the one that I had dealt with, Fly. Um, When you go back to those very first year of those in development, there were bugs galore, air autopilot problems galore. The scenery was often really, really bad because they didn't have access to the data that, let's say, Microsoft did. But even Microsoft had big learning curves. And the jump, as I've said before, from even FSx to this, The things that are modeled that were not modeled in FSX, people are getting caught up on the idea that they said, oh, we used the engine or we used the code from FSX and then we built this on top of it. But the part they kind of ignore is how much of it they discarded. It's almost like you use it as a scaffolding to start the building. And then once you got the edifice up and running, then it was a matter of, um, oh, well, we don't need this, this anymore. And then when you added these new dynamics... Different kinds of physics and thing like things like that. It it's like it's a new sim. And I'm totally not surprised by you know the issues. But of course they're not affecting me as badly because I don't fly IFR yet very much. So I'm not suffering from those. I mean, yeah, I've got that 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 rudder input that is really drastic. If I can just show you an example, one single click. If you look at the tail of my aircraft, that's one single click. So it's a little bit tougher to. Far.
1: Yeah.
0: I am. A little bit. Uh, It's a little bit tougher to smoothly handle some of that, you know, yaw. Yeah. But I know they're gonna. I know that they're gonna adapt it, and then it will make, you know, make things a lot better. There are some things, obviously, in the autopilot and some features that are in up right now. But that's the same, right?
1: They're, they're trying to improve it. That's the, the goal that they've achieved through those little steps. Step by step, you go through one thing, you fix it, and then you go to the next one. And meanwhile, you have the team in the background of quality control that is going to make sure that that bug doesn't that bug fix doesn't create another bug. Um, and the s 320 sadly uh well, that bug went through. But at least we yeah. didn't have that many other bugs that went through. So overall, I would say it's not bad. And the fact that I don't want my planes being pushed to the right side a lot. I don't
2: yeah, maybe. Well.
1: Yep. Even the the autopilot cannot handle it with the yeah. heading selector. But um, they they I would say it is still an achievement from what they've been able to get because we can enjoy these flights and very heavy... Oh, you're slowing down a lot? Or am I too quick? Uh I'm doing ninety four yeah, indicated. Yeah, I'm
0: doing one hundred fourteen true airspeed, but I'm only about ninety eight indicated. Oh,
1: wow. And i have it the got The winds pretty close are very special. Colorado,
0: so yeah, the winds are giving us a good time. But I rather you know, I rather have some of that. You know, you go into a cloud and you don't really know what's gonna happen. I wanna get tossed around a little bit. I expect to. So you know not every, it will, you know what? It's that riding on rails thing that everybody's been talking about, and oh, sometimes, sometimes it's still a shock when you go into like some of these grayer clouds ahead, and all of a sudden you're like, well, wait a minute, what's going on? And you're, it's it's easy to forget some of the changes. It's not only are they bugs, which we keep saying there are plenty of bugs. And again, I think more of those bugs are gonna get fixed. If my theory is right, about the Xbox situation, and they had to turn some of their attention away. I think they would have loved to have lingered, especially if COVID obviously hadn't happened. I think there'd be a, like months extra. So I just think they had to turn their attention a little bit, but I think once this Xbox, ver- Xbox version is where they need it to be in the time frame they need it to be, I have a feeling these updates will be even more significant Because now there won't be a little as much divided attention. Because obviously they're giving us updates. We had an update tonight. We've got news on that. But I think the updates might even be more significant when you are not divided between the two as much. We'll have to see how the Xbox version is when it comes out. And if it's considerably stable, um, it's running well, you know. Maybe they won't have as many bugs. I don't know if it's going to be the same exact sim. Is it going to be as deep and involved? There's a lot of people wondering how that's going to be possible. But I don't know. I think that uh, the divided attention, yeah. when that goes away, it's going to be a positive. We've, we, Yeah, we have the DLC coming in and filling in things. We've got you know, the Mooney just came out from Carinado. We could talk about that a little bit as well. But... Um, All in all, it's not – I mean, there's some people that want to believe that this is going to be all that it's going to be. They're going to give you a few, you know, glossy little cherries on top to try to make it look a little, you know, polished. But they're not really going to do anything to the default craft, and I'm – I have a theory on that as well. A little bit I was wondering, if you remember we discussed, I said, do you think it's possible that – as this time frame began to shrink uh, the availability to work on the PC version before release, because if the Xbox theory is correct, the later the PC version goes, the closer it abuts to the Xbox version needed to get done and get out. So do you think it's possible that the GA aircraft, you know, the fidelity's decent, there are some systems that need to be fixed, but maybe they told the aircraft devs, you know, you can come in and you can fill a gap here and – Some of the default aircraft are going to need more work. In the meantime, it would be a golden opportunity if you create a very good product that you're going to succeed because some people aren't going to want to wait for the incremental fixes to the default craft. Or if it's an aircraft that isn't in the sim to begin with, they're going to rush out and they're going to purchase the the add-on aircraft. So I wonder if that was almost a selling point to them to say, listen, we're going to have a lot of work to do. But you're going to have an ample opportunity to bring out an offering, and if that offering is up to standard, you know you're going to have some good sales from it. Meanwhile, in the background, we're also going to be, you know, bringing that default aircraft forward. So,
1: yeah. Well, and talking about aircrafts, while we're there, um, hmm. we we can talk about how every major plane in the simulator. So we could say. Major plane by most popular in a sense um, has had a mod somewhere on, and I could I could name a few platforms, but yeah. th- there's just been like of course we know about um, like the A320 of course, but there's also the the CJ4, there is the 787, uh, there is the Cessna. Uh, there's 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 a bunch of them, and they're coming out quickly. And sometimes you do wonder, you know, between the time that it takes for an Asobo developer to work on uh, fixing a bug and going through the pipeline from writing the the fix to the point where you have that fix in your simulator, compared to the time it takes for an add-on creator to just go and make that own fix and publish it on github and everyone downloading it you know there is this fine line and wow i'm getting some air holes here or something uh and, and it, it is very uh interesting because on one side you can see add-ons being fixed and worked on very quickly like the a320s progress has been incredible in, in just the last two weeks, you've, you've been looking oh, yeah. at hundreds of people looking through the code, through the model, on how to modify things. And as a result, you do feel like Asobo is behind. But I'm wondering if it's between a feeling and an intent. And I don't know if it's sobo's oh. plan to leave the plane at a certain level. And is happy that the yeah. community took over, or if in the future they're planning to take another development round to upgrade those planes?
0: i I think they take pride in their in their work, and I think they're that like I said, I think there's a necessity or there's a reasoning why it kind of came out a little bit sooner than they would have liked. you know developers always, you know they love to have things as polished as possible, and you can't hang on to something forever. It has to get out there at some point, but if you're pressed for time for another future product that is related to the one that you are are working with, maybe it's just a matter of of having to do it. It had to it had to because the timeframes are, are 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 they're bunching together, and there's a lot of people. After all, we keep mentioning it. There's 90 million people that are in that Xbox world, and they're asking for as much as you know. As we're asking, of course, we want it to be done for us because we're the ones that have been here for the 30 years and we're the ones that kept it alive all this time. But in the same respect, in order to make it financially successful and viable, you also want to make sure that you know, whatever their their plans are, that they can also incorporate those. So I'm not I'm not begrudging them their their time, but I have a feeling that's why it kind of came out. And I don't think they're going to give up on the default aircraft at all. Because there's, there's too much that still needs to be... I mean, you're not going to release something that's below the FSX level. That's for sure. If you've got things that are operable... Well,
1: at the same time, FSX, it's easy because FSX was a very, very low end on the default. Like, your, your 737 was basic to the point where batteries could not even turn on or off. Yeah. Hydraulics was non-existent. Like... You just had your lights, your engines, and I mean, that's pretty much it, your autopilot.
0: Your autopilot, yeah. But that's what I'm kind of referring to. I'm kind of of referring to the the autopilot issue.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah. I'm referring to the autopilot issues where there's still some some problems. I'm like, well, I don't think they're going to leave it to the point that those rudimentary systems that worked in FSX are not going to work in Microsoft Flight Simulator until either you buy an add-on or the community comes in and and upgrades it. I still think the community will come in and upgrade it. There are people that love, you know, a specific aircraft and they want to, you know, put as much attention as they possibly can into it. And um, I think that will happen. I just wonder if, in a way, I don't want to have to download 150 planes and you know I don't like you used to have to do all that with the other versions. I'd like it that if they manage to get a near study level versions of these aircraft it'd be kind of nice if they consider you know somehow doing a deal with the people that did it and maybe incorporating some of that into the title itself i don't know if they will i don't know if they'll do that with scenery that's going to be another interesting thing
1: lots of ways they can do right
0: there's a lot of ways they could it's just it's you can speculate on it but we don't really know yeah to what degree it's going to actually be done so
1: now, we have a question from uh, SparkinVR. Um, but can all of the default aircrafts be modded? And my answer to that is yes. In in a sense, you can any add-on that you have can be modified. You can modify the game files. Therefore, you could modify um, a plane. For example, I'm on right now. I'm on the X Cub livery. Uh, Fly Pizza. It's uh it's a custom livery that was made. Uh, for the uh, we could say for for those that are pretty close in the uh, in the discord and that's very simple to do you just put it into the community folder and that's it and you can do a lot of, of just other things um, and technically we could have mods for the X cub well of course the X cub is way too simple and doesn't offer too much of a challenge for many so uh I doubt we're going to see much more. Maybe some upgrades, maybe like uh, some extra fun stuff, or maybe a sea version. That'd be fun.
0: Yeah, that would be fun. I'm hoping for a few uh, variants of the aircraft that we have, especially ones with floats or skis or things like that. It would, uh, it would make the use of the aircraft, uh, you know, on a wider, wider scale, wider locations, different, different manner. Yeah. on mine right now i'm not getting a ton of power so i'm not really sure exactly why so oh we're, we're getting some there, some but, wind um, for
1: sure yeah. and uh well I'm, I'm handling it the best i can and i know there's some gusts because it's not a stable force it's very variable uh, which is why very i'm being cool. thrown around sometimes a bit so the autopilot's not going to help me with this i have to deal with it manually um, And Sparker in VR replied, um, talking about how he thought the upper version aircrafts were locked, essentially the Deluxe and the Premium Deluxe versions. And yes, you cannot get full access to those because there are DRMs that have been now uh, implemented into the SDK and are in use for those. Because otherwise, I could just ask uh, Far Isle, you have Premium Deluxe, right? Yes, I do. Well, I could just ask for Al right here. uh, Send me the folders for the Dreamliner, for example, Uh, because I don't know what I forgot the other aircrafts. Um, But just, just take the Dreamliner, just find the folder, and just send it to me through a zip file. And I would not be able to run that file because it is encrypted and it is stuck to, there's probably a file with a checksum to make sure it's only one account who can use this file. As a result, um yes it is technically locked but some parts of the the file still have to remain open um because otherwise i don't see how a 787 mod would have been possible in the first place uh, so they found a way around hopefully it, it will be it will be something that can get fixed um stw222 is also talking about how um they can, how devs pretty much like the schedule management, um, how they're only focusing on a few things at once and people's expectations regarding all the different parts of the simulator, uh, you know, like the main categories, which I mentioned earlier uh, are, can all be upgraded all at once?
0: No, there's no way.
1: And he's kind of right in the sense. Yeah. They can only focus on a few things at once, but from today's update, which we're gonna go over after. Um, Sadly, they actually are, well, I don't know, sadly, I don't don't think sadly is the the right thing. It could be good or bad. It really depends on on what point of view you look at, but they are doing a bit of everything at once. Uh, They have a team that does the the bug fix. We also have a team that works on the world update and we know there is gonna be a simulator update every two to three months, a world update about every month, and we are also looking at DLCs that are going to come up for helicopters, other features like shared cockpit, which are also coming out uh, VR, like there and we know VR is coming out by the end of this year because they're launching with the uh, HP reverb, 2, I think, don't quote me on that, but um, they are working on all those features at once. So i would say they are working on everything but don't have any expectations because as you can see the a320 has that big bug which was caused by that update but i think we we shouldn't be too stringent on them because they did add a lot of things like we're, we're able to do flights without a crash to desktop or at least unless you pull it sometimes to extremes like uh, flying halfway around the world in slew mode and then uh, jumping in some weird areas, doing some weird movements. Unless you're really trying to break the simulator, it's been pretty stable. I've only had a few crashes to desktop, which were mostly related to the fact that we were a few hundred in a group flight. Um, that's the Friday community flights on Twitch. And apart from that, the thing's pretty stable. We can always complain about the bugs, but you know, Farrell has mentioned it himself. I don't know how many times you've said it, but fsx XPlane, p3d when they started they weren't so different and it's understandable it's a big simulator we have a lot of things that you have to work on so it makes sense that at the beginning of the simulator when its first alpha comes out as first beta and then its first candidate for release and then finally the actual release all of those things are going to have bugs they're going they're going to be work time. now should the developers have said let's stay in beta and release it to the public with the word beta in it so people understand that the sim is still being worked on that could have been an option and that way that would have warned uh, people that it was not a full complete simulator it doesn't have everything and the sdk is not 100% complete to the point where you could say uh, I can create my PMDG aircraft on it or my AeroSoft A320 on it or my quality wing 787 and so on and so on. So really, we're at a point where we should call it not a full software, but that it's still in development. I don't know what was the rationale behind not putting beta. Maybe there's other connotations and we're willing to take maybe a bit of criticism at first which would have been offset by the fact that it's a beautiful simulator, and then slowly worked their way through the bugs until there was essentially nobody screaming at them anymore about an issue or a bug. That could be that could be their strategy. And that's probably what they're doing right now. And then they're working on all those features that are coming up in the hope that it is going to add to the simulator and have big milestones. Imagine if you could have VR and shared cockpit show up in October or November. Both of them like, in a big update. That would be incredible. And that would be something I would be willing to, to have fun with. But just the timing of, of everything, the, the development updates and, and all the things they have to work through, I don't know, but they might have been able to to lower the... The community response that they had due to those bugs that's kind of what I'm I'm gonna finish that with let's go now for our yeah. community our next stop yeah yeah well actually yeah, if sure. you want to talk a bit we're, we're not there so yet yeah, we're wait. pretty close not quite yeah not I was quite. I was gonna go over the the development update that we had sure go ahead Um, because it, it's an interesting one of course um because a world update happened with japan uh and this is the first world update so that's also very exciting um well actually we can straight go into the topic world update one japan um which was worked for the tokyo game show 2020 Um, and what better for a game show because (laughs) it is on a computer than to be online as well i'm not sure how they they went through that i didn't i didn't research it but at least they can go on. They can move forward. COVID is not going to hit them as bad because COVID can't hit your computer. It is a no. virus, but it's not the same kind. Not so the same good. kind. And um, So what's interesting about this world update is that Asobo went with a partnership and they partnered with Gaia Simulations to create a, a full scenery of Japan, which includes some photogrammetry cities as well as... Uh, at least six airports and 20 uh, new points of interest. Um, Gaia simulations created at least three of the airports um, and then 20 points of interest. So they they brought up their expertise and their knowledge. Uh, And then Asobo added the three other airports, uh, which I I can't name, Uh, it would be, I would just botch those names. and they added three landing challenges, so we're going to have more of those come up. That's going to be great. Uh, and then on top, Black Shark AI added a new traditional Japanese building type. So we're starting to see customization at a higher level. If if you see this from from the top end, you have a sobo and you have the whole simulator, and you have Black Shark AI, which takes care of all this generation. It, what I'm 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 seeing here is that we're not going to be stuck with the same auto-gen or the same no. buildings. This is also work in progress. Those tree species that were mentioned in the in the first live Q&A with the developers and Jane, those are increasing. They're going to have a lot more. Same here for the buildings. Black Shark AI is not just a contract that started and ended. It is continually working into providing more for the simulator. So world updates are kind of giving us proof that it, it's not a joke it is a true update and they're really adding um to that thing i've yet to actually take a look at japan maybe we could do that next time imagine yeah, having, maybe a good flight down there next week that'd be fun
0: Absolutely. very much so
1: yeah so if you have an idea of a flight plan or something
0: i'll i'll take a look
1: yeah or, or if anyone else me. wants to to uh, to that uh, you can send me uh a DM flying cookie.
0: After all, what is uh on
1: Discord? What is
0: Japan made up of? Ah, a series of islands. Interesting.
1: Items, so. Yeah, so that still fits with you, you cool. and your uh, your name. Yeah. So uh, yeah. glad we're actually doing this.
0: I'm flying over the mining camp now, by the way, and uh, is that those... airstrips. Uis or Uis or, or yeah, I just am coming up to the mountain, and there is a small airstrip. And I remember we discussed this earlier. I said, you know, there's an airstrip there, but I didn't remember seeing it on the world map. As a matter of fact, I'm almost positive it wasn't on the world map. Yeah, I agree and with you. There was
1: no airports yeah, in the area. There.
0: But it is here. The point of interest is there. It's showing. That is very uh, you, interesting. I, yeah. I'm wondering if U-S- there's going to be updates.
1: Mine. mine. It's
0: I funny think how it sounds almost like U.S. Yeah. And in Scotland, you've got U.S. The islands in the Hebrides, yeah. you just add a, a T to the end of that.
1: I mean, UIS um, does show up on Open streets map, but it's not an airport from FSX.
0: And so. it wasn't... When I was looking at the world map and I was flying around to test the area, I didn't see any airports there except for Caribbean and maybe one other one. I, didn't, I don't remember seeing a symbol for it. So that's why I circled the mountain earlier and just came out back to the sea and, and, and this trip that we're going to take now up ahead. But um, it's cool. I can't wait to see what uh, airports they add, because there are some that you know we're seeing that people are requesting or this one's missing or that one's missing. Often I have gone back and looked to see what the Bing image of it was, and a lot of times it's the clouds yeah. are obscuring it. I use the Seychelles in this, as an example. Their large international airport actually is not in the sim. And yet a smaller airport that is on another island is in the sim. And that is because when you look at the satellite image in Bing, there are uh, clouds directly obscuring the uh, runway for, I think it's Victoria International. So they actually had another, and at first it confused me. I'm like, well, why would they have a smaller airport on another island? It's not the main island. It's not the main um, airport. But as soon as you see it, you realize same thing with the one in Faroe Islands, although I think we have uh, the communities tried to take care of that and have that added in. It's a it's a download that you can add to get that airport in there. But there's several of them that are not there, and I think it just relates to the weather more yeah. than anything. I've noticed the ones that I've expected to be there, they're just it's the weather's obscuring it. So when when they get the data, when Bing does its passes, and we had a little bit of thoughts on. The way that Bing is actually updating the world is pretty interesting because there are are indications that it's both random and targeted. Obviously, (laughs) the Japan update, I think, of course, they wanted to target this Tokyo show that's coming up. So it shows that they can direct Bing to focus on an area. While Jurg talked about in the Q&A that, the world was being updated. There was eighty thousand square kilometers that had been updated in a couple of weeks, but that some of the areas he was a little bit surprised about because he's like, well, yeah, some of it was a, you know, a rural area and like Brazil and and then a, a stretch between two cities, but the two cities hadn't been done yet. So I think I don't quite understand how it's going, but I think there's.
1: It's there's like we've, we've said in the last few podcasts. Certain things get updated. We don't know about it, and it's not necessarily listed in the patch notes or the update notes. Yeah, just done. That's the. It's it's a mystery. In a sense, they are adding to the simulator, but they're staying quiet. It's like they're staying humble about their products, but they're still letting people rant about the the big bugs. And they're yeah. not going to communicate the fact that we've been able to fix that. This has been added and kind of prove through those notes, look, we've actually done more. But, yeah. you know, so there's that. Maybe it feels like a lack of talk. appreciation at the end. If you, they're going to let see them what I
0: mean. do the talking. And, you know what it says to me, though? Because they're not overreacting at the number of complaints about IFR, and we all know that right now, at least up until now, the audience for IFR was far larger than GA due to the limitations in the past. And so you would think, wow, they must be very concerned. And I mean they are by the attention that they're trying to pay it. But at the same time, it shows a confidence that you know they're gonna they're gonna take care of it because they're not overly worried about it. And I don't think it's coming from an arrogant position of well, we don't really care, because they said all along this entire trip for a year and a half to get us here. You know, they were very aware of how they left the sim world. They were very aware of the distaste that people had for the way that went on, the mistrust that it created, the doubts that it put in people's minds, the fact that the community kept it alive. Yeah. You know, in the meantime, so I think they were really, really cautiously aware. I think that's why they've been so careful about the Xbox. You know, they don't want to have anything indicate that their focus is too divided or too spread too thinly
1: and the, and, the line um, is pretty thin as well yes because the gamer the flight simmer and then oh. the fact that you're kind of in the middle they, they were they were soft with it i agree because like a landing challenge is technically a challenge could be taken as a gaming thing it's but could also be taken more as a nerd Flight simulator enthusiast, and you know all all aviation stuff. The hardcore uh, flight simmer. By the way, while we're here, um, we're actually getting uh, pretty darn close now to yeah, uh, the Renberg. So I wonder if you you had a sure. specific path. I do.
0: I have a little bit of information on it. Um, um, I don't know what path you want to take. You can.
1: Well, we're kind of I'm I'm moving a little further from the waypoint because I want to see this a little closer because it looks beautiful.
0: Yeah, it was unreal. I I circled it the other day completely and and like from the front to the back it's different you've got different uh, formations and it's really detailed and i mean imagine we're in the middle of the namib desert this is not a place that if you asked a hundred people on the street you know to save your life can you point to the namib desert
1: <laughs> yeah, on good a map with the labels? yeah good luck well, yeah i mean it news. is almost a given if, if you're smart enough you'll understand namib and namibia it is pretty darn close.
0: I don't know if you could take the average person on the street and say, point to Namibia on a map without labels. I'm not convinced that uh,
1: that people can do that.
0: Huge, yeah, not a huge number of them. It's hmm. it's a beautiful country. Uh, it's you know it, it was under various rule for the from the Germans to the South Africans. They finally got their independence. Um, a little bit about Brandberg Mountain though. While we're here, uh, it stands for Burning Mountain. Oh. And it is eight thousand four 8,442 feet above sea level at its highest point. Yeah, and
1: it's, um, yeah it feels like I could be landing on this thing because I'm, uh, I'm at 9,500 feet. So it's really close. The,
0: the core area is 170 square miles, and it was declared a national monument in 1951. Uh, the name Brandenburg is uh, Afrikaans, Dutch and German for Burning Mountain, which... Wow. comes from its glowing color, which is sometimes seen in the setting sun. I didn't think to come here during the sunset. But, uh,
1: if, you, if you're looking at the stream, you can see that we are leaving the the big open red spaces. And now we yeah. are starting to move into a whole new terrain. Uh, yeah. As we get closer, we'll see. We'll still have some, some red, but it'll be it'll be different i guess i guess you'll yeah. see and uh, it's like a big chain of mountains it feels it's like a cap that got pushed up like if it's like a big uh, i don't know cuz there's no there's no tectonic plates around here is there because this is a pretty I, circular thing it almost feels like it's like a, a, a major problem. volcano yeah
0: yeah, yeah and the, and the land is so stark that as you get down here if if we uh if we could see through the clouds a little bit we've got land coming up to starboard that is uh because right now we're basically now flying out towards the atlantic and the land is very dark on the starboard and it's very flat and sandy and and there's a really cool feature that's a little bit further down from the mountain and it's got almost like pure white sand with these reddish kind of rocks it's just amazing And, and then the water that's passing through there it's got like a bluish hint this is what uh the Brandberg Mountain drew my attention when I was looking on Bing maps because I literally – I just went searching, and I thought, you know, what is an area that maybe a lot of people don't fly to? What is some place that I would like us to be able to show the beauty of and the uniqueness of? And so I just started searching around with Bing, and I got to Namibia, and I saw that, that round – Huge feature, and I thought, wonder what that looks like close up. And the moment I zoomed in on it, I just prayed that the simulator had captured this. And it really does. If you go to Bing Maps and pull that up right now and zoom in, (laughs) this is what you're seeing. And it's just amazing. We're in the middle of Namibia, and the detail is unbelievable. Again, you would expect it from a payware quality, you know, piece of software. But the Mm -hmm. thing is, you wouldn't expect payware necessarily from this region, there's no cities. You know, it's it's not a super populated area at all. I mean, we're coming up on the Skeleton Coast. This is the coastline that lies dead ahead towards the sea. And it is famous it. for shipwrecks galore. That's why they call it the Skeleton Coast. Wow. That Yeah, the currents coming down from Angola, they're cold. And uh, the currents coming up or from the land, of course, are hot. And when they mix... Some of the settlements along the coast can literally have 180 days a year of fog and heavy fog because those those two air masses clash, and that spelled trouble for the ships. But challenging. Oh, yeah. The thing was you could possibly successfully crash land on the uh, Skeleton Coast. The problem was you couldn't get the boat back out. So they'd find themselves shipwrecked, and you had to basically go something like 400 miles to the south to these marshlands. And how in the world were you going to move the ship through those marshlands to get to a point where the sea wasn't so rough that you actually could get back out? So the coast is just littered with with ships that didn't make it. Wow. And But the fog, interestingly enough, this is this, well, it's competing with the uh, Atacama, I believe is the name of the desert in Chile in South America, as the most arid location on Earth. I see and, why. Right? I mean, if it wasn't that. for the fog, the fog actually provides some moisture to the uh, the flora that still exists here. And without it, it wouldn't make it.
1: And because you can see arid, the clouds are really low right now for me.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too.
1: Yeah, Man, that's crazy.
0: But You should begin to start to see that uh, if we can get below. I'm going to try to go below the clouds a little bit here.
1: Yeah, I was trying to, to see, follow your, um, where you told me uh, yeah. last time.
0: You'll begin to see the land is very sandy colored to port if you're headed towards the ocean, west, basically. And it is very dark to starboard. So if you can get below the clouds to see. Now, the when I flew a few days ago to test it, uh, there weren't quite this many clouds. So it's interesting the way that the simulator can take even if you're using preset weather how that weather can develop i don't know what it's
1: well it's, i don't know what it's basically it's, its, it's media blue on. right media blue is the service okay. that you're using it's an Airbus company um yeah. the way they work is with predictive models and so they have branches of predictive models and each branch is gonna take the current data and estimate what the future should be and the more you extrapolate into the future, of course, usually the less accurate it becomes over time. So you have more accuracy within the next five minutes. You're going to get much less accuracy an hour, a day, a week, and so on afterwards. I passed you perpendicularly. You're, you're going yeah. straight to the coast. I'm trying to grab yeah. a little more of that scenery from, from the west as yeah. you asked.
0: Yeah, I was trying to get down below the uh, clouds so I could try to see that stark line if I could.
1: Oh, those clouds are nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're beautiful.
1: I want to keep them clouds. (laughs) I know. But uh, so that that predictive branching means that it's only accurate up to a point. And so what they do is they refine the model every single time, every, every time they get a new weather update. As a result, you are with a point where you have... Every five minutes, let's just say for for this explanation, every five minutes you get new weather points. And so they're going to delete the predictive branches that are the least accurate to the new report. So, you know, it's predictive. So you compare the result of the data that you get from the predictive branch, as well as the data from the weather report that you get. And so those become more, uh, we could say, refined with time. So they always have a few concurrent one at the same time. And... So when it updates, they remove some ones and and they create new ones. If you go on right now on your phone and you look on your app store, I know it's on Android, I don't know if it's on on iOS, uh, but you just look up Media Blue, you run the app, and in there you'll be able to find, for your location, um, you're going to find straight away, like, maybe eight or six predictive models. You're gonna see those predictive models and they're gonna be visible. And those models will show you uh, each and every single one you'll see when you get close to to the moment you're at right now. So within the next hour or so, you're gonna see most of those predictive branches are gonna be very close. They're gonna be pretty much the same thing. And as you go further out, you're gonna see some will have slight variations. And so it kind of gives you this, potential future depending on the branch that you choose. And so in the simulator, I'm seeing this where if suddenly you go offline, and you don't get real life weather data from the servers, then this would probably kick in. And for us, that could mean a I don't know if there's that one branch that fails, suddenly, you could be in the middle of a thunderstorm, who who knows, Uh, that would be kind of fun, especially in this very dry area. I would be kind of... We're
0: approaching some of those uh, those lands. You can see a little bit if I can see where you are exactly. Yeah, so dead ahead of you, you're going to start to see through the clouds where the land is orangey and, and sandy. Yeah, it almost it... looks like I'm flying over a dry riverbed, a former river. So it's very very uh, light color, bone color. And up ahead, just a little bit more, maybe five to ten minutes at the most. On the starboard side to the north, it's going to be really, really dark, and you've got this just it's amazing the contrast it's so close to each other and yet it's so starkly different from each other it's also what drew my attention when i was when i was searching the map for an interesting uh feature to to show and again this is approaching the uh skeleton coast which is lying dead ahead of us on the atlantic
1: yeah and i'm gonna join that back but we can see it's like almost like a clear line that goes right in the middle here, and you can see on the right side it's all rocky and darker and then this side is so much more what that's like sand and rock but it's yeah. it's much almost brighter. traditional
0: desert but yeah it's much brighter and
1: and this is just... this is not due to satellite imagery taken at different times of day for example or so it really is just a natural feature yeah that's beautiful yeah. wow
0: it definitely caught my attention now when i first flew it i flew in the opposite direction and I doubted my eyes when I saw it. At first, I was confused. I thought, "Was is, yeah, is the weather darkening the landscape? Because I didn't remember, when I looked on Bing Maps, um, I guess I didn't zoom down far enough. And so when I got here, I was like, I, I, there's a cape that's up ahead that we're going to also fly by called Cape Cross. And I kind of used that as a point to say, okay, I'm just going to, Hook a sharp right here as I came up this way, but this this landscape now that we're just approaching now, I I kind of thought it I got lost somehow. I was like, how did I get lost? It's such a a wide open place and it's so dark. It's yeah. almost like volcanic rock.
1: It might almost. actually be, but you you can see like just follow the river to to the yeah. ocean, right? You can see right there. Yep. Like, this is quite a big. Uh...
0: And here's that white sandy area if you look up ahead. Off to your uh, left? right a little, or left a little bit? Yeah, that, that, that very white start. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful. The yeah, watercolors we'll we're the gonna see coming Man. through here. Uh, amazing. Be,
1: between the mountains down there and, and this view, it must be amazing for rock climbing and, and just hiking in general in those areas. Yeah. It must be warm though.
0: Oh, there's. Yeah, they said it averages over 40 C. <laughs> and yeah, okay. some, bring a lot of water. It, yeah in some part of the namib it only gets two millimeters of I, precipitation a year
1: and i have icing wow and what there's icing <laughs> no okay, way maybe the temperature is not right uh do i have that enabled
0: well one cool thing is uh swike up oh, that's coming up really. uh in later on in our trip here as we go down the coast uh It actually has beautiful weather. It's a desert climate, but it's only between 15 Celsius and 25 Celsius all year long in this location against the sea. Because the the current that's coming down, I think it's called the Benguela. Benguela, I don't know if I'm saying it right, it comes down from Angola. And it's cold. So it tempers what you would think, you know, further into the Namib Desert. It's extremely hot. But Swickup Mond is, um, very t- it's like 59 to 77 Fahrenheit. So it's beautiful weather. And it gets about 20 millimeters a year of rain. So slightly more than what's out here where we are. But yeah. isn't this geography just unbelievable?
1: I have to say, in this case, it is quite spectacular.
0: Oh. And it's default. That's like, I, I literally laughed when I flew over it. I had Bing maps on another monitor, and I had this open on this one. I started laughing. Because I was like, I don't, I don't believe this.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you.
0: Never expected to see this. Not even with add-ons, because quite frankly, you know, you, I couldn't hold a million add-ons. So yeah. for this to just be default untouched.
1: Well, that's the I advantage, that. right? That's the advantage yep. of a new simulator. It's This is, instead of having tons of add-ons that are eating that overhead that you have for your simulator, it's already part of the of the simulator itself. It's all integral. As a result, that overhead is now free for other stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. I'd like a little formation here with... Uh,
0: I see you guys of down there. You guys are Zephyrus with me, but, 222
1: uh, Well, yeah, it was...
0: Uh, I went high Sturdy. in order to try to take in the... Uh take in the sights again. But it's, yeah. I'm definitely going to fly around here more. In my, my regular flying, I want to explore. There's other areas that look very interesting, and I definitely want to come here and have a look again. I
1: mean, look at this thing. It's ah, beautiful. It's, yeah. Well, you know yeah, what? Know. Let's let's take this opportunity to um, to talk about a little research I did. Well, it's not really research because it's quite basic. I went on the Asobo Studio website, and I looked at their uh, – at their job postings which a lot of people did nothing new this is not like a, a brand new thing um, but what i found out well what i found out the bit of information that i gathered from this include a job posting for a tools programmer and that came out on december 10th uh, why am i saying december september 10th my bad uh so that came out 14 days ago so about two weeks And this is a job posting for someone in a tool programmer about daily production efficiencies and providing creation tools. And I found this interesting because while we see other job postings, which are also very interesting, like Mission Creator, uh, and, and there's a lot of them. Some of them have nothing to do with the Flight Simulator, right? Sobo also works on other projects. Uh, but there's been a lot of, of job postings that there's been four or five on on the tenth, including a system designer, a gameplay animator. So you can see there's more stuff even like for a Plague Tale. Um, but the tool programmer for the Flight Simulator is interesting because... It feels to me like this is where now they're working and they're looking for someone else to work further ahead on the sdk and they feel restricted themselves with their current knowledge and they're trying to get someone who has a little more experience in that because this asks for things with goi development and libraries um, and a lot of those little keywords listen and adapt uh sensitive to the well-being of your users, rigor and reliability. What, what I'm seeing here, and especially interest in aviation or flight sims, what I'm seeing here is they want someone who knows how to code and someone who's willing to listen, understand, and <laughs> learn what a developer would need and create those tools for them. Um, and the missions for that person would be to work for tools on the plane editor, the environment editor the mission editor the cinematic editor the editor of vfx etc that's interesting did you know there was a cinematic editor in the No. Nope. oh a mission no. editor oh, interesting. The VFX editor that's probably the the new engine though that's the new effects engine probably um So those are tools, those are production tools for the simulation. So they might not be like an in-game cinematic creation uh, software that's embedded like the dev mode is. It could also be a third-party tool. But what this means is the product stack is now getting wider for the development uh, of the simulator. Therefore, we might finally start to see more work. At the same time, part of that job posting includes being in communication with production teams and modders. So you're you're looking straight away, talking with engine gameplay colleagues, uh, production teams. So you're like those people who are working with PMDGs and Aerosoft. So it's it's clear for me from this when I looked at it the first time, and, and and I told you a file. Like I, I didn't I didn't wait too long. Uh, I showed you instantly. Uh, yeah. Shared it with you this thing tells us that they are well on their way and they've hid the capabilities from what they're able to do and therefore are opening a job to expand that and make it quicker so they're listening to the community and they know that they have to work on this and therefore they put another job posting and i mean a sobo is is not a small studio but at the same time they're not thousands of people either they're more in the 120 150 uh people so and i think 150 is a little high of a number as well so it is interesting they are finally bringing up those things and at the same time we get a few details we knew there was going to be a plane editor of some kind uh same for the environment but a mission editor confirms to us again that are missions so those things are not just the landing challenges or bush flying but there's also going to be more of those and as we've seen with planes for the community We're going to see missions with the community and I'm sure there's going to be, it's going to be a lot more accessible than with FSX and the other versions uh, of the flight simulator before. And I'm sure tons of people would be willing to create missions, even those that don't even know how to program because mission creation shouldn't be too hard. In FSX, it was mostly the way you'd program it. The interface was a little old and it was we could say the system was not necessarily easy to work with from the beginning from it the way it was engineered um, and things like figuring out the waypoints uh were all geographically uh position points and it, it was it was a bit of a mess to work with it was hard and you needed to take time to understand what you were doing and then the detection of you going over a waypoint was so finicky that it was very hard to do missions in fsx but now if they're adding the right tools I would totally see the community come up with great missions, um, oh, yeah. and even recreating, you know, some some challenges uh, that people have had in the past. Pilots. Are Are you a developer? I am not a developer. No, I am a community member like you. You I, have a lot of roles. Uh, yes, I, I do. I am a moderator in the in the Discord, in the official Discord. So. How many people are in this Discord? Um. Honestly, we're over 51K right now. So, uh, um, Who owns Microsoft? A bunch of people. <laughs> you should ask the board oh, of directors. They would tell you because they're the ones that are sweating every time they need to come up with, uh, <laughs> with a way to make more profits.
0: <laughs> are they in this Discord?
1: Well, actually, we're at 53,000 members now.
0: There are some are they in- who are working for the developers and for microsoft that are uh in the discord at various times so yeah you you can run into them a little bit
1: well they they're not very loud yeah. when they're around yeah. they're most likely well we, we could say they're just looking around right um
2: are, are they like quality insurance i don't know i i, could, I, would
1: I couldn't tell you i couldn't yeah. tell you and but but I and... do know there's at least one person from Asobo in this discord that is looking at it from time to time and is keeping up what's with that? Well, I mean, you, well, you can see it for yourself. It has it has the Asobo role, so you you'd see it. Um wait, a what? There is an Asobo, Asobo role in the discord. So if you I what
0: mean, what's Asobo? They're the developer. That's the studio. Oh, the studio that's developing that Microsoft has partnered with to develop. You know what?
1: This. I highly suggest you go over the other episodes that we've been doing on the podcast so far. Uh, you yeah, would learn <laughs>
2: Yo, know, I was just in Terminal A, and uh, you see the guy named HM.
1: Um, let's not go off topic here because we're also uh, recording actually, we're... a podcast actually... at the same time.
0: We're recording live. Uh...
1: So. Yep, but uh, we're doing a group flight as well. So if you want to join, feel free. We're over in Namibia right now. Uh, Click, on one of
0: us. Click on one, one of us, and uh, set that into departure, and you'll be in the sky. Yeah.
1: but um, the, if the it's guy is mod related. Them. Is it mod yeah. related? Okay, yeah. just uh, ping one mod, not the whole team, please. But like Harry or so totally Toby or. or Zion, is uh, yes. Yes, but let's say oh. I'm I'm busy at the moment. How about that? Uh. Is that good? Um, yeah. I would think so. Beautiful. <laughs> sorry, but, sure. but you know, can I, I be a citizen
2: on. on your plane or flight?
1: Uh, well, sorry, I'm on the next cub, so there's only two spots. Uh, but yeah. you, you can take your own plane if you want. Join us. So let's move on. Um, <laughs> because. On oh, okay. Wait, I'm supposed to be muted? Am I not supposed to be talking? Uh, I mean, if you want to
0: add to the conversation, feel free to yeah, talk. If you to, yeah, if you need to ask something or there's a point you need to make a lot
2: Yeah, I thought I was just totally interrupting this podcast.
0: <laughs>
2: okay.
1: You're fine. Well, yeah, we'll And, and after all, there's there's a bit of editing involved in the podcast regardless. Sure. I'm seeing um, a lot of talk in, um, in the Twitch chat about uh, VR. Like Sparking VR is saying he's uh, um, the next plane plugin developer... I'm seeing VR performance with, with the VR GPUs. VR porn is pretty cool. Yeah, just don't use some of those words, please. Um, let's try to remain appropriate here. Uh, so I'm seeing a lot of VR talk about the, the 3090, the the, the 3080, and, and the VRM, all that stuff. Yes, um, very exciting. We have new <laughs> GPUs. Uh, they're on their way. We're going to be supply restricted. Um, Quickly an overview because we did talk about this last time. Uh, but with VR, yes, I would expect at least a, the latest generation to to provide a higher experience for us. Even though I do have to say that we have seen little performance gains compared to other games. Uh, or other tasks with the latest lineup of GPUs from NVIDIA. As a result, we're looking at results from a few FPS increases. I don't know if that's worth the investment. If you're already on the 2080 Ti, for example, uh, or maybe even a 1080 Ti, uh, you might not see the benefits of investing so much money into getting a few more frames, depending on, on your settings and the rest of your setup. Uh, Also keeping in mind that your CPU could become a bottleneck quite quickly. So it's the whole system balance. And I'd say maybe it would be useful for VR. I have no clue how VR is going to work with a simulator because if we can barely reach 60 FPS on higher ultra, which is not the case on ultra, uh, in heavier situations with clouds or (laughs) thunderstorms, hopefully they're going to figure out a way to, to make it work and and not have a nauseating experience Uh, due to low frame rates on vr because vr has had this uh this thing where low frame rates can't provide uh, a nauseating experience but
0: i don't need much to make me uh if you're on an old gpu
1: (laughs) you could upgrade i got a 27a that's yeah not bad
0: i mean i'm on a 2080 ti and when i saw the difference of the number of frames i'm like am i gonna chuck out this card and spend an extra you know 700 or whatever it is and literally it would get me in some areas only five or seven fps and right now i have no stutters i have no jitters i have you know i'm not i'm not having a struggling experience at all so that's I say, of, you know, what
1: no, i'm on the same right now same yeah. as you oh wow look there's that mountain that's on my left that's pretty nice yeah,
0: i red. can't believe it. no, the it's the blue and the red and
1: it's a yeah, contrast it's i love
0: it yeah it's beautiful So why i picked it i picked this yeah. place because it looked otherworldly i kept saying it over and over again i'm like i don't know if that's the wrong word to use it just but i think the better the better usage is it looks other timely it looks like you're flying over something like you popped out of the bermuda triangle in your 50 million years ago it's just never seen anything like it nothing to me that i've flown that i've ever seen anything that looked like it yeah and so i think it does uh jp a little bit of um of honor for his home country that they've done it so well
1: oh yeah i agree with you on that. totally
0: unexpected i totally didn't expect it because i thought maybe it's too far out of the way it's so remote i mean obviously not remote if you're on the continent of africa but for me it is so remote and not visited enough that i thought well maybe it's not going to get the attention that we're all hoping for but man alive it really
1: and you know just just looking at this it is essentially what a payware would be for explain or p3d yeah. so
0: yeah, this is, is this
1: is really good for what it is
0: yeah,
1: yeah. it's crazy and Further then south, we are reaching the ocean we are and reaching the ocean okay. means we're gonna talk about the feedback snapshot. Okay. Um. I don't don't think of a link. There's none. Um. Uh, but the, I'm talking about this because I want to talk about this. The, the the feedback snapshot has modified itself in terms of format to become the forum feedback snapshot. And this shows the top bugs and top wishes. And those are very interesting because they're listing them from first to they're choosing the first 20, so the top 20, based on votes. And that is on votes on a post. And then they also count the number of posts on the forum. So they're really saying here with a with a big uh, big wave here, they're saying, yeah, we, we're looking at those forums. We have all the data. We understand uh, what's happening, and we're really understanding it. And what's interesting about the feedback snapshot that I put here, um, and that's posted from today, uh, so it's fresh, um they've they've showed us some pretty big things they agree um about a lot of the things that have been uh rambling on in the forums right you're seeing like the the night lighting terrain uh when you're at night it looks like certain parts of the terrain are emitting light Uh, if you've come across this on the forums it's it's pretty obvious sometimes when you look at those screenshots that it's too bright it's not really like at night and There's differences between when it was from the alpha screenshots at night versus now in the current product at night. Um, And it, it, it is a big of a difference. I would prefer going back to the type that was in the alpha, which was a little darker and it made it more real. As for now, where it's plainly maybe a little too lit. Like there's too much light in certain areas. So yeah. they, they looked at stuff like this, like the like the Garmin 1003 and 3000 autopilot related issues. Um, the number two on the top bugs is the after patch 320 left engine start issues. So it starts, it dies, and then you can't restart it. Um, and then they're saying that's going to be fixed in update three slash Japan. And, Well, this came up 15 minutes before the podcast started, but File and I were already in the voice chat before preparing for this. And we looked at this when it came out, and we're wondering, does that mean that if it says fixed in Update 3 slash Japan, does it mean that we're getting more than just a world update when the Japan update gets released? And from the announcements in the Discord, and you can find in other places, but there is information saying that we're going to get a release for the Japan world update on the 29th. And we're currently the 24th. So the 29th would be next Tuesday. So that's in five days. Yeah, five As days. a result, does that mean we're also getting a bug fix or an update or another type of update at the same time? And when you look at the development roadmap that also came out today, you see world update one, Japan. uh, 0929, which is September 29th, slash update 3. So, there is more stuff coming up, but there's no information on that yet. And I don't know if it's just going to be a bug patch or a full update, like adding onto the simulation. So, that's going to be interesting to figure out. Um, And then from the, the top wishes, of course, the number one is removing the press any key to start. And that's, uh, uh, that's the yeah. thing that a lot of people have been not really liking because you run the SIM, you wait 30 seconds before anything shows up, and then you have all this thing that, that looks nice. But once you double-click or press a key to start, the real issue comes forward, they're still loading afterwards. So they didn't finish yep. the loading. And so if it was just press a key and then you got to the menu, that would have been fine. But the fact that you still have loading after when you click on the executable to run the game and then you go grab something and then you come back five minutes later you still have to wait for loading so that's a frustration that got 1500 votes so (laughs) 1546 votes over 44 posts that's a lot
0: yeah it's safe to say it's an unpopular it's just something that elongates the whole loading process yes it looks pretty but even i catch myself saying it as well i'm like ah i like the way it looks but I think I'd rather have those few seconds of it doing something else, but maybe it's a maybe it's a catch-all. It takes you a second or two to click, you know, press any key to start. Um,
1: what we're looking at is a another <laughs> top wish, which is the number two just by uh well we could say it almost reached number one, but it missed it by uh four hundred votes. But it has a lot more posts. So we went from 1,546 to uh, 1,148 in votes, but there's triple the number of posts. And that's about the fly-by-wire Community Mod 2020. Uh, Sorry, A320. My bad. Wow. Um, And that means a lot of people are hyped about that A320, about it being a freeware. And the real issue that they've been mentioning in this post is two things. The first one is, is the SoBo going to support it? Is Sobo gonna push forward and allow developers to work with them, especially the freeware ones? Because so much right now, it's the the payware community. It's those that register um, through the marketplace. So it it, it is not working really to the point where you have an interaction between a Sobo and, and those freeware. So that's what they're asking for. And the other big question is more related to what's going to happen with this mod in the future because you have licensing uh, agreements and what is the license on the A320's physical model? Can can it be used with a permission right. for for that or not? So that's the main question, and we have yet to get an answer from them. So we'll we'll see what comes up with that. I, I would hope for Asobo and Microsoft to say, okay, those plans, they're the defaults, please do not reuse them, but we allow modifications yeah. right. uh, and modification data to be distributed. That would be cool. What we could do as well is link it to what me and File have been talking. I think it was it was a few podcasts ago. I'm, 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 I don't remember exactly which one it was. But it was the one where we talked about the competition in the marketplace and how potential uh, freeware developers work towards achieving uh, a featured spot on the marketplace as a freeware developer, as a freeware platform. Um, and, of course, giving that freeware option. And wow. that would make it a featured plane for a, a limited number of days before it maybe goes back into the list where everything else. But it would show that spotlight. And so developers would be working as much as possible towards winning that spot. And so the more you have, the better it is. And the more we, as consumers and freeware uh content consumers would be happy about. Um, So I would be thinking of a situation if we can get these guys to be in a spot like this where we say, okay, you guys specifically get a license with this plane so you can work on it and make it as good as you want. But as a result, you cannot distribute Mm -hmm in any other way but the marketplace, that would probably be a compromise that I could see so that we can get an A320 that is made by the community and that is being worked on uh, to achieve a higher uh, standard of realism, we could say. And then on the other hand, Asobo still restricts that license for everyone else, but has that one exception with these guys under the form of a contract that they can also control the marketplace being of course on their servers. So as a result, that would not cause a possible legal issue.
0: No, and I think it would be a good incentive. There's, you know, a lot of great developers out there that want to show off their their abilities and what better way to have this kind of attention to the developer go if the if the product that they're developing is something that can be highlighted and showcased, it might uh, inspire people to do even more high-end work, especially if it's freeware. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a way to get in the door. Yeah. Maybe they're undis- undis- undiscovered talent, or you never know. But I don't think it would hurt, for sure. I don't think it would hurt. It's almost like a contest in itself.
1: Yeah, I think it would be a lot of fun. I Imagine too- if you're in it, right? You, you're on VR in shared cockpit on a community-made A320 that you downloaded from the marketplace. That would be ideal. That would be very enjoyable. Of course, where we're ignoring bugs and, and anything that could happen. But imagine this in one year from now. How much all of this will have matured. And been brought up to a point where you can say. We have a very decent and stable A320. That has been up in in every, every sense of the term realism. You have them that have been in partnership now with the sobo which is working closer with freeware and payware instead of just their current companies and those that apply through their partnership program for the marketplace you know it it, is just moving that forward to a point where it just makes sense right this this is what we are all hoping for so i would i would want to see that happen
0: me too me too
1: Moving to the third point, because there's there's a few good ones on the, the wish list here uh, from the forum feedback. Number three, with 570 votes and 61 posts, we're looking at the scenery gateway system. Hmm, what yeah. could that mean? In brackets, they wrote here, community content certification to create and improve the simulator. Now, that that sounds like a bit of words that I can't really understand. wording for... Exactly. Yeah. Um but that means community content certification. Community content would be content made by us, the community, people that love to to, to improve scenery, that love to improve the way everything's looking in the simulator. Yeah. Those that are saying, you know what, that bridge doesn't look right. Let, let's go in the simulator, let's go into the dev mode, let's create a new project, and let's edit this. Let's add something. I'm going to go in Blender, I'm going to make a better model, I'm going to texture it. I'm going to import it in and it's going to be there. That would be what a lot of people are doing at the moment. There's tons of, I've, I was looking at, I think it was Nexus mods. They they have a lot of stuff that I didn't know even existed. Um, and there's many platforms right now that are starting to show mods that do small fixes or even have like a whole pack of points of interest around a major city and so on and so on. And so a lot of people have been asking in the past about having this crowdsourcing efforts to update the simulator and bring this all under one umbrella the yeah. sobo umbrella you know and you, you say, get
0: incorporated directly into the sim, exactly. so you don't actually have to fill up your hard drive and that's all what bits.
1: well i mean hard drive is a thing like storage space okay i could understand after a point it would become an issue but it's not like it's huge but on the other hand it's also more about the approval about those modifications and the fact that here they're doing a gateway system which is like an application process for your scenery that they're going to verify and if they like they're going to add in the simulator is also very rewarding for the community and developers and because it is a certification it helps the community and also improves the simulator so i think this is a really big win-win and i would say this is something that we haven't I mean this has not been talked to like I haven't seen people mention it but this is a pretty big win and not be. like not like a win for us like we were fighting a sobo to win that project to open up but more like a win between the status of things between a, okay we could call it a, technically a game but it is a simulator we all agree it's a simulator but between a game developer and his community being able to let the community work on the game. That's not something you see often. You see Twitch now that's coming up with ways to make people that are watching the stream play with whatever's on screen from the user so it could be a game. Or we've seen recently, it was on Twitch, we've seen Flight Simulator where people were sending commands and through a combination of 20 people sending commands all together, they were able to do very fun stuff with it. But we're now looking at a point where you're actually creating all of this. Like the community is literally creating files that other users would download as part of the base game. That's, I think, is a really great achievement. Um, It is. Do you want to add to that?
0: Well, yeah, they have, there's a lot of people that have a specific area that they love, that they're going to put their heart and their soul into it because it's important to them. It's someplace they want to fly around. It's somewhere they grew up. It's something that's very important to them. So they're going to literally put the time and attention to detail into it that maybe you know a sobo could never do because they just don't have that kind of time maybe they don't have the knowledge of the area as well these people literally will have the ability to to turn it into almost anything they want it's 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 endless the possibilities are endless and if you can kind of get a little bit of recognition for the quality that you've created. I I think it's a win win for everybody. The area gets brought up to high fidelity. In addition, you know, you know, it's a it's an area that Microsoft doesn't necessarily have to tend to. So well,
1: they will actually because this is a gateway, so it is a certification program. Well, yeah, but from, I mean, they
0: they're not actually having to do the scenery update themselves. They're not having to. Yes.
1: You know, but they still have to take time and work on it. Sure. Sure. We have it, yeah. um, Sparker and VR on Twitch who's telling us that x has a scenery gateway for airports that is also moderated. So while this might not be the first game to do it, at least now we're seeing a big game also get on it. Um, and in this case, I know that X-Plane has a much tighter community as well. Um, even though there's some mixed opinions about uh, certain add-ons that you can get on a platform for x-plane so i think overall it, it is a really good thing and the more we see it the better it gets i think for for gamers yeah. and for simmers overall and imagine you're up to the point where and i can't remember the name but like for example in Kerbal space program um there is this software that allows you it, it is a repository of of mods and it's just one software it's like a mod manager you choose what you want you select it, it installs, and it downloads, and it does everything, and it's it's right there. And then it, it figure out, you know, it, it pulls from a repository somewhere. Um, it's a nice client, it's a very easy thing, and there's tons of these things, and of course, all of these are free. Imagine yeah. three years from now with a client like this, for the Sam. Had hey, you want an A320? Hey, there you go, download it, install it, boom, done. And I think there's going to be just a lot more options coming up forward with uh, with freeware, uh, and scenery just just overall. It seems like we've too. we've had this refresh um, in the in the developer community.
0: Yep, I'm looking forward to it. Can't imagine what what can be done when people, like I said, put their special attention to something that they have a, a strong knowledge of and and a, a desire to. Um, to give it that personal touch, I think it's going to be great. And the more people that can do it, the better because it gets gets all of these areas up to a certain fidelity that uh, you know it might take quite some time to do slowly with Bing. And yeah, I think it's a it's a good idea. I hope they uh, implement it sooner rather than later.
1: So this is the the top forum feedback wishes that we got. Of course, there's other ones that are. Well, we can say they're not like a big milestone, but the usual thing, like a replay function, uh, a remember ATC call sign and tail number. So you don't have every time to go and choose a plane. And then, oh, I still have to put my tail number, which actually, for a fun fact, um, I'm actually on the default uh, flight pizza. I would have probably put cookie in there. But again, I forgot. Uh, So (laughs) a very good example of remember ATC call sign and tail number and how that would help.
0: Yeah. I did manage to remember to put mine in there, so for a change. Normally I forget.
1: For once, you did it much better than me. Then, of (laughs) course, then there's things like DirectX 12, which is going to be a much longer process, um, opening up the weather system to third-party developers. Though I'm wondering how we already have like Rex, I think, who's already working i think they've already released the product for for weather add-on for for microsoft so that's interesting how i don't know how you guys did it maybe just the basic sim connect but now they're going to probably open up the whole thing that would be something that we'd be interested in having um and of course having a freeware category in the marketplace having multiple screens uh having a metric option <laughs> which uh yeah. yeah that's that's gonna nope. that would be that would be a lot to to add to the simulator because there's just so many variables but it would be doable um cool. and then the rest are just extra details that are apart from one they're they're mostly details like adding power lines antennas cable cars gondolas improving a pushback system removing ground vehicles from active taxiways um, some mountains being too rounded uh, and having issues taxiway signs uh, cockpit toolkits uh, tool toolkits, tooltips and of course number 15 being gliders slash sailplanes slash soaring please so yeah, so that's going to be interesting uh, but most of these things are more like quality of life um, like being able to, to remove the cockpit tooltips uh, or all, all I these like the new DLC.
2: What
1: what new DLC? do you know which one you'd be referring to? because I don't think really DLCs have come out yet
2: there is a world update for Japan.
1: Yeah, that world update. Yeah, um, that we talked earlier about with Japan. That's amazing. Actually, I was thinking of maybe doing a flight um, in there next now, is week. Is
2: that paid content or is it a free DLC?
1: Well, that's a world update. So world updates are free content they are updated straight away. If you have a simulator where you download scenery from the servers, you don't have to update necessarily everything in your sim. They can also update AMP on their servers where you stream the data from. So the big massive download for a world update is not required for us, unless you decide to use offline sceneries or if they believe that the quality of the update is so superior that the offline scenery that you have by default needs to be upgraded. From then, I would agree there would be a need for a download. But uh, no, so far, so no, it's free at the moment. That's what we have.
2: Which I think is cool, because they're giving us, like, what? Almost eight payware-quality airports for free. Well, I just, you know, I bought the Mooney, if you want to talk about it.
0: Yeah, what, is, what, what do you think of it?
2: Uh, so I I like it. It's uh, You could tell it's more almost all the systems like 99% of the systems are modeled. So mm-hmm. it has the quality of the default GA planes, but the systems are uh b- way better. Like, you know, all the switches and knobs have a function.
1: Yeah, that is yeah, very I heard the I heard the
0: ground good. handling was much better.
2: Getting back to the Mooney. Um man, that thing is a rocket. Like uh, it can can cruise around like 160, 170 knots ground speed.
1: Wow. Nice. So Nice there's no inop tooltip anywhere in that plane none that i've seen probably like one button
2: which is like a tiny button that you gotta look for but it really has really no function in flight other than i guess like maintenance if you're like doing maintenance on the aircraft or you know doing an annual or something like that
1: yeah that's that's really cool because we're finally reaching a level where it is starting to make sense between the SDK, the developers, and and all of that. So that is is great. Now, that's the beginning. And then we're going to see much more uh, interesting planes later, once the SDK really gets worked on, and so on and so forth. So that's going to be interesting. Um, I'm just going to plug that in because it's fun, and we're talking about development, scenery, and airplanes. I, I, I was just going over some add-ons looking at what was new, and I came across Area 51 Enhanced for Microsoft Flight Simulator. I found that fun because it was actually pretty detailed for what it was. Um, just saying you can really find a lot of, of things randomly on, on the internet now uh, that is still good quality. So that is that is impressive. Really impressive.
0: Yeah, it gives me hope that uh, they were able to work with the model, but they were also able to correct some of the things that we're having issues with in some of our GA aircraft. They managed to, from what I've seen from reviews and, and like what we've just heard now, is that it's it's pretty good. And that means that any of these planes that we have given a little bit of attention and time, they can. It's not like some people are, oh, it's broken and, and it's really basic. So if they can't get this part working, then, you know, I, I'm not so sure about anything else. And But it shows that with a little bit of time and attention, it can. it's not something that's not irreparable. It's not something that's out of the realm of possibility. It just needs a little bit of time and a little bit of focus. And I think that that will come eventually. But it is a, a great sign that we've got some payware quality that's coming out that's you know worthy. We've had a couple that maybe were ported over. I think one from X-Plane is having a little bit of some issues there with inoperable systems and maybe some strange characteristics. but Again, that also can be updated. It's one of the GA aircraft that they've got in the marketplace. Um, needs a little work. But the Mooney proves that if you put the work in, it can be done. There's no limiting factor in the simulator you know, itself that can't be overcome. And that's the main point I'm kind of making is it's not something that can't be overcome.
1: Yeah. And, and think of it. Right now, we have the community content certification with the scenery gateway. But over time, if we start seeing the SDK being easier to use, have more documentation, have more tutorials like the ones that are already present, even though they're, they're limited because there's, there's not that many, um, the more this comes out, the more people start making themselves tutorial on how to modify scenery and planes and so on. And, and then more groups start creating from the ground up. Because the sim coming out is already an excitement and is bringing a lot of, uh, of attention. And therefore people will, like really feel that hype to start again. Um, yeah. Imagine now an airplane add on gateway system, gateway system. Imagine, yeah. imagine that where you have that content certification, but not for scenery, but for the real deal, for airplanes. You know, they, they're, they're saying that number eight wish is that uh, free work category in the marketplace. Well, how are you going to do that? How are you just going to get the the ones that you want, don't want? Yes, you could have the the already existing uh, marketplace partner program. That Yeah, definitely you could just use that. But at some point, you're going to have, well, right now they've they already sent the update. They have pretty much a thousand partners now from 800 a month or two ago. So they've now accepted an extra 200 uh, people group, community, uh, company. There's, there's a lot of, of different people which could uh, apply for the Spartan program. Um, but if we could have those planes that are coming out, like the, the way people have been so hyped about creating an A320 that is legit, that is realist, that has a lot of realism into it, then I would love to see some place where you can just apply and see if just one add-on instead of um, applying as a company. So you'll be throwing tons of add-ons that you've made through the years. Just for those that make one or two add-ons and that maintain those to be able to post them. And By, by looking at the type of people that we have in the community that are able to work very hard to get even just one plane moving, I'm sure once that's up to 100% to the realism that they want, they're going to look at something else. So I think there is a spot right now for for another gateway system, but for planes. For planes. But not yet. Like this, this, not this, This year, no. maybe Maybe not even next year uh but as the sdk grows as more people get into this and as the first big projects come to an end where they say we have a final product now we just maintain and and fix the few bugs that show up from time to time those people are going to have a product that they worked hard on that now works that they get a lot of good feedback from the community and are at this point where they are saying, okay what's the next challenge and Well, an A320 is a pretty big challenge, and having hundreds of people work on it is amazing, but they might split off, and suddenly you'd have two, three, maybe four, maybe five come out. And imagine building and building on this at the end. You could have something really amazing. We're getting close to our arrival here Uh, for now. You're probably getting really close to it. If you remember, that's where we looked at I see it now,
0: yeah. Yeah. You know me, I can always destroy a landing, so.
1: Uh, (laughs) you're, you're specialized in landings, yes. right?
0: Specialized in disaster.
1: Was... So we're here, we're about to land, and we are looking at a beautiful place. We're gonna see colors as I get closer. Um, these are the uh, Swakopmund. I know yeah. it's it's supposed to be one <laughs> word, but it's just hard to pronounce. Um, Swakopmund, something like that. So those are salt works, which is why there are different colors and uh those are really close to yep. to the desert and the ocean so that's it's, it's a nice place and the closer you get to it the more you can see that little uh orange red uh outline on the water and that is simply beautiful i think okay.
0: i'm going to try this dirt strip portion that's directly ahead of me and just see if i can go straight in and not have a calamity. What do you think?
1: <laughs> yeah, go for it. Good luck. I think I think it's I'd see how, how it looks. It's amazing.
0: It's really cool. I love the way the city kind of just advances out, and then beyond that point, it's just the depths of the Namib
1: yeah, desert. It's, exactly. it's amazing.
0: Um, you know they filmed Mad Max here? That was another oh, thing. I'm going to tell you, Mad Max Road to huh. Glory. Or, That's I funny. Can't I can't remember the name of the movie, but they filmed that. They also filmed The Prisoner. Which was a kind of a mystery show in the 60s that they remade. Ian McKellen in an idyllic village that looks very colonial, but something is desperately wrong with the area and touchdown. Yeah, so I may answer a, uh, a few show. questions
1: oh. here. Uh, Spark and okay. VR is saying in patch three, he did not see any mentions of the missing sensitivity adjustment. Uh, that broke in patch two and they are aware of it they know there is a workaround and i'm pretty sure it's going to be part of it if you look on zendesk it's part of their known issues so for me there's no reasons why it's not going to be there um stw222 what we're doing is we're going to be landing uh around here actually we're doing a bush landing uh, so i'm going to try to land i'm going to do uh, another flyby above where i'm going to land it's that one piece of land that's between the the bigger red uh salt water enclosure and uh it's that small area that kind of looks like a runway but it's definitely not one i'm gonna fly over it so you can see and then uh, i'm gonna go for a landing Um, and that's where we're gonna end our little trip for today so it's that little grass thing okay i'm going for this time, the last round, I'm going to go in and line on this thing. It's interesting because we yeah. kind of come up across this thing and we're just like, that looks like a nice area. Oh,
0: That's wow. right, and I I just saw the so up Airport, I said, you know what, let me try that dirt strip there. I forgot about this one, we did fly over that.
1: We flew over, yeah, we, we flew over there. And yeah. Honestly, there's just so many things to look around the world. Exactly. So I'm honestly, spying out
0: one side, you're spying the other.
1: What we're thinking is we might fly over Japan for next week. If you have questions or suggestions, feel free to send it our way. Um, we love answering questions. We love talking with you guys, and um, most of all, having a good time together. So for sure. Oh, I'm kind of a little short for that landing. Let's do it I'm like
0: coming you. across the. I'm coming across the way. Yeah. By land.
1: Because I'm a little high and quick. Oh, well, it's fine. All right. After all, the goal is to have fun.
0: It sure is. And it's a lot of fun.
1: And this terrain also is not necessarily always flat, which is even more fun. Whoa.
0: Ooh.
1: Little bounce. Yeah. Yeah. And you can actually spy on my landings too. (laughs) That's which. Oh,
0: no. My landings are special. They either drop from an unbelievable height in 20 seconds to pull off a flare at the last second, or I'm a little bit too low and can't quite see. So I've still got that uh, little bit of throttle to to learn how to deal with. But uh, I'm waiting for my uh, Bravo throttle quadrant to come, and that will make life a lot easier be able to see actually where my input is. I don't have to change the cockpit view. I can literally look at my hand and see where that throttle physically is located. And just like the way the yoke has improved my my ability to enjoy it, because flying with a keyboard is, like, oof, miserable. And uh, having the yoke, you could just physically look. You can see buttons. You can see the orientation of your hands. You can see what's going on. So hey,
1: I quite like it. the 222 just landed. Uh, do y'all mind if I ask one qu- uh, question real quick? Sure, oh. last question before we end this. Go for it. All right, uh, y'all were talking about the Mooney uh earlier and i actually uh and i uh i actually fly a mooney yeah especially with my dad in real life y'all were talking about the mooney is that just something i missed that it's in the marketplace or is that like in development right now
2: yeah it's it's on the marketplace
1: okay thank you and by the way i just flew today and like to colorado like in real life and now i'm flying it into the simulator and it looks amazing like i can each individually tell each mountain it's y'all did an amazing job So that's the amazing thing with the sim. You can share flights and and everything with with everyone. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Hey, and you're all the way down there, File.
0: Yeah, I had a little bit of
1: a bungling
0: uh, spin there. Yeah, my slew is absolutely insane. So that when I try to slew a tiny bit, it takes me. Oh, yeah.
1: It takes you ages away. Yeah, far, far. Oh, yeah. So
0: unfortunately, when I did that little landing, I thought, you know what? I'll just. uh, I'll land at Swykop, and I'll jump right over, but uh, <laughs> fighting me a little bit. So I'm waiting no from worries. a distance. Though. I can see you there in the distance. Yeah. I just I just thought I might be better off of landing on an actual, you know, strip instead of uh, ending up in that red pond that you have there, because we all know nose first and going down in that red pond. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, you could have uh, could have yeah. missed that tiny Tipped runway. Over. Well, I mean, it's not yeah. even a runway. It's just a, a patch of green grass that is. Yeah long enough to make it feel like a a proper runway. Yeah. So this concludes our podcast for today. I want to thank everyone for being with us, uh, joining on the conversation and flying with us. It was really amazing. And Namibia is a beautiful place to fly in the simulator. So if you want to fly there, definitely uh, do it. It's it's really worth it. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Thank you for all the contributions, the questions, the participation or just even the comments Uh, it's like every week it's a lot of fun we're going to be doing this again next week so we do this each thursday 7 p.m eastern uh, 2300 utc so uh, thank you everyone for being with us and uh, we'll see you guys in the next one